0: Awesome. Thank you, Duncan Early. That was a very formal I <laughs> don't know if I've ever heard you call me Simon Hodgkin before. Am I in trouble? <laughs> Good morning everyone. Absolutely great to be at the ten o'clock. Hey the aircons have kicked in. I felt them, yes. Feeling a bit better. I feel a bit like I'm at the run again yesterday morning, Dean. It wasn't as, even as hot as this. Uh, but I uh, wanted to say well done to Colab and for Character Company. I've heard actually raised 40,000 Rand for Character Company yesterday. Well done. And well done to, to everybody who ran and Mike and uh, everyone involved in organizing that. Uh, but let's do it again. You know, it was a really, really good time together. Great moments of connection with uh, some of the other city members and partners and family and uh, with Run Walk for Life next door as well. Uh, So it was a really good time together. Uh, But I'm really excited to be here. Uh, I love the partnership that uh, you guys demonstrate towards us as a city family. I've got to Google notification on the weekend. Someone had taken the time and the effort to go and leave a review for us. It was a five star review. Thank you. If this is you, I'm going to give you a gift, uh, one of the free gifts. So just come up to me afterwards. But for taking the time to leave a comment and say, everything that I want in a church, I have found at City Hope Church. Isn't that awesome? that someone was that encouraging that they went online and they posted it and they they left a recommendation for us. And I just thought that was awesome. Uh, So thank you, whoever that was. And uh, thank you for the way that you you, you all just lean into this family and all that God is doing amongst us. I think it's it's so exciting uh, what God is doing. And I'm so excited about the future that we have together. Amen. Okay, cool. Well, as Duncan said, we are um, in the last series within uh, Acts for the year. We've been in Acts the entire year. Have you enjoyed the Acts series this year? Yeah. I think it's been so so good for us. Uh, remember, the entire every sermon we ever do is up on YouTube, so you can always go back and catch up. But now we're in the last mini series of the book, and uh, we're right at the end of Acts. Um, the title of the uh, series that we're in—it's a four-part series—is called Shipwrecks leading while bleeding, and I know you're sitting there going, well, thank you so much just for deciding to end this series on such an encouraging note. Uh, You know, I I feel so happy to be in church this morning. Well, actually, it is an encouraging message, I can assure you of that. Uh, In fact, the the title of my message for today's uh, message is Don't Waste the Storm. Don't Waste the Storm, and we're going to find out about a storm that Paul found himself in in a moment. Uh, but I'd encourage you to take some notes uh, this morning as we get into this. Um, the, the overall sort of idea of the series that we're in is that no matter who you are, no matter where you find yourself, uh, we really do believe that God has called every single one of us to lead. You might be sitting there going, I don't feel like I'm a leader. Well, we want to tell you in this series, you are a leader, in, in fact, God created leadership ability within every single one of us. And uh, I guess there's a world's view of leadership, which incidentally is a bit different to God's view of leadership. If I was to ask you what's the world's view of leadership, some thoughts that might come to mind is, is, is things like money and power. Uh, someone who's domineering, someone who will trample over anything in their way to get what they want. These are some of the world's view of leaders controlling. They'll just replace people who don't serve their interests to get them to where they want to go. God's view of leadership is very contrary to that. It's opposite to that in every way. In fact, in Mark chapter 10, verse 42 to 45, you can read behind me, it says that Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Verse 43, but it shall not be among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be a slave to all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but what? To serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so what leadership is, is leadership is service. Leadership is us being called to serve. Leadership is influence. And we've been speaking about this all year in the theme for the year Cultivate, that every single one of us has been given influence. Every single one of us has been given spaces and places, come on now, and relationships, very good that God has uniquely given you to have influence over, to to be intentional about cultivating and taking leadership within. And so whether you're a parent and you are exercising leadership and influence within your home, whether you have leadership over a team at work, whether you're in varsity and you've got a group of mates and you're exercising influence and, and leadership within your group of friends, every single one of us is called to lead. Leadership is not a title, it's an inherent responsibility that God has placed in every single one of us in order that we would cultivate that. Self-leadership is another aspect of what I want to talk about this morning, and it's one that we can so easily forget. John Maxwell, uh, well known as a leadership guru, says that nothing so conclusively proves your ability to lead others than your ability to lead yourself. Nothing so conclusively proves your ability to lead others than your ability to lead yourself. And so another way that God calls you to lead and speaks to you maybe even this morning in your leadership is how are you leading yourself? It's a very important part of it. And so in God's eyes, every one of us is called to lead. And where we're going with this series is is we're talking about as leaders, which I've established now we all are called to lead, what happens when there's some bleeding involved in leading. What happens when there's far more discouragement than encouragement, when it's just hard and it's just difficult and you just feel that there's no way out of it? That's what we're looking at in this uh, series. And so I wanted to just give you, before we jump in, a little bit of background as to Paul's whereabouts uh, at this point in his journey. Uh, It's in Acts chapter 27, and we're going to read a bit from there now. But where we find Paul is he's now towards the end of his apostolic journey. It's towards the end. Uh, James, if you heard last week, was preaching about Paul, who was saying, I'm willing to go wherever I must go, declare in the name of Jesus, even if it lands, it will land me in prison. It will land, I will go. It doesn't matter. Well, where we are now, it's, he has been in prison for two years. Uh, he's been charged for being a troublemaker, for defiling the temple. Uh, he, he, the, he was accused of um, being against the law of Moses and against Caesar. And so he, he landed up in prison all the claims were false. He was innocent, but he hasn't uh, been able to receive justice yet from the Roman governor. So he's appealing to Caesar, and that means that he needs to get to Rome so that he can be tried. That's where we find Paul right now. And so we find him as a prisoner on board a ship taking him to Rome to be tried. He's put under the... um, uh, the custody of a centurion the, the the centurion is the one looking after all the prisoners on board uh, the centurion's name is julius we know that luke is with him on the ship as well now luke wrote acts this is the first-hand account of this whole journey by luke that we read in acts chapter 27 And what happens is they go out, and at a certain point of the journey, Paul, along with all the other prisoners on this boat, is taken off the initial ship. Uh, They're taken off. They put on a much bigger ship so that they can continue on this journey. And this uh, second ship was absolutely massive. It was 55 meters long. Just picture this. Massive. 17 meters wide, 13 meters deep. This ship carried 276 people on board. It was a massive, massive ship. And so they're on this ship now, they're off the initial one, on this one. And as this ship left, what happens is instead of sailing west, it starts getting driven south in an opposite direction by opposing winds. A storm starts to rear on this ship. After many days, it arrived at a place called Fair Havens, and by now it had become obvious that they couldn't get to Rome before the winter. And so I'm going to pick up from verse 9. Uh, and, and continue the story over there. Verse 9 says, Since much time had passed and the voyage was now dangerous because even the fast was already over, listen what happens. Paul advised them. So Paul speaks up. And Paul says, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. But the centurion, paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. And because the harbor was not suitable to spend the winter in, the majority, everybody say majority, it can be a dangerous thing, the majority decided to put out to sea from there on the chance that somehow they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete facing both southwest and northwest, and spend the winter there. But verse 13 says, Now when the south wind blew gently supposing that they had obtained their purpose. They weighed anchor and sailed along Crete close to the shore. But soon a tempestuous wind called the north northeaster struck down from the land. And when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and were driven along. They're now in the eye of a massive storm on this journey. And what we're picking up from this narrative And what I want us to get today is that storms in life and leadership, pressure in life and leadership, difficulty in life and in leadership, I'm afraid to tell you this morning, is guaranteed. (laughs) Can I get an amen? Amen. Just here to encourage you this morning. (laughs) Pressure and difficulty and storms in your life and in your leadership is guaranteed. It is going to happen. Paul in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 25, maybe this will make you feel a bit better about your situation that you may be in, gives us a little bit of a rundown of some of the storms that he faced. I I, I love this. Paul tells us that three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked, okay? Uh, A night and a day I was adrift at sea. Uh, On frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, and then verse 28, and apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety... For all the churches, I think that's so interesting that he has this massive list of physical storms that he faced. And the last one he wants to tell us about is the daily pressure of anxiety. Paul faced many different types of storms in his time. And his experience of going through storms has now actually positioned him to know that his confidence for getting through the storms is found in his Savior. He's confident in his Savior to get him through his storms. And I wonder this morning if you and I can say the same thing. I wonder when you and I face storms, when we face difficulties, and when we face pressures, can we say the same, that we have a confidence, we have a faith in a Savior who is going to get us through the storm? Because that's what Paul says. I I don't think there's any single one of us in this room that can say that we've never dealt with a storm in our life. Everything's just good. I just praise the Jesus and and everything's good. No, everyone's dealt with a storm in their life. But have we used the storm? Have we not wasted the storm to better position us in the trust that we have in Jesus Christ? That's what I want to ask us this morning You know, in John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says, I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace. And he says that in the world, you will have tribulation, (laughs) right? Thank you, Jesus, for that encouragement. In this world, you will have tribulation, but he continues to say, but take heart, I have overcome the world, In this world, you will have trouble. But Jesus is saying, take heart, I've overcome the world. I have a way of getting you through the trouble. I have a way of getting you through the storm. Will you put your trust in me? You know, Matthew 5, verse 45 tells us that God sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Storms are guaranteed. Facing storms are a part of life here on earth. And there's physical storms that we face. But I think what's so interesting is that if the past three years have highlighted anything for us, it's that the mental storms that we face, it's the emotional storms that we face that can be even greater than the physical storms that may come our way. I think that there is a mental, emotional bleeding while leading that can take a massive toll on us when the storms hit. And what do we do in the the moments of those storms? You know, the stats show us that... COVID-19 negatively affected 59% of the world population's mental health. COVID negatively affected 59% of us. Stress, anxiety, fear, and depression have all skyrocketed in the past three years. And so these are very real storms that millions of people are facing on a daily basis. Real storms. Paul faced many storms on his mission to share Jesus with the world. Physical storms, mental storms. And here in chapter 27, we see him hit this next massive storm, which, by the way, we'll see next week ends in shipwreck. I wonder how differently you and I would view storms. If we had the conviction in our heart that when storms come, that actually God provides everything that we need, not only in life, but in the storms of life, amen? That even it's God who wants to use the worst storms that we face, the most difficult situations that we face, for his ultimate glory. How different would you view a storm when it comes your way, knowing that actually God is with me, he will be with me in the storm, he'll be with me through the storm, and ultimately the storm will be for his glory, That would change a lot in how we view storms. Amen. Storms are inevitable. That's uh, the news today. Storms are inevitable. Storms are unpredictable. We we, we can't always predict when they're going to hit. But I'm thinking we so often do something when a storm comes, and that is we try to outrun it. How often do we try to outrun these storms? We can't outrun them, unfortunately. And I want to encourage you this morning to learn how to not waste the storm how not to try to get up and run and get out of there as soon as possible. Don't waste it, but see God use you in it. Maybe even today, this morning, you find yourself in the midst of one of these storms. You sit in here, and you go, and you're preaching at me. I'm in the middle of a shipwreck, in the middle of a storm. I'm facing a difficult situation. Maybe you're here, and that's not you. You're not in the middle of a storm. The truth of the matter is, It's going to come for you again. A storm will come your way. A difficulty will come your way. In life and in leadership, storms are coming your way. And so I want us to look at Paul's example through many different types of storms of how, instead of us trying to outrun that storm, we can learn how to navigate these storms in the power of Jesus. Amen? You know, we can emerge from our storms, We can emerge from our storms closer to God, stronger in our faith, and bolder in our purpose. You can do that. That is how we can emerge from our storms. And so, we're going to look uh, in the time that we've got left at three lessons that we learned from Paul uh, in how to lead through storms. Is that good? Here we go, if you're taking notes this morning, the three ways we're going to look at, the three lessons we're going to look at this morning is that storms will show us, storms will teach us, and storms will move us. Those are our three lessons from Paul this morning. So storm number one, storms will show us, and what a storms going to show us? Storms are going to show us what's inside us. Is that okay to say this morning? A storm's going to show you what's sitting here inside of you. Right from the very beginning of this account, Luke actually makes it clear that this wasn't an encouraging voyage. This wasn't a nice voyage. It was a difficult one. Verse 4 to 8, he talks about this voyage being slow. He talks about it being difficult. Uh, He he, he says that the changing of ships didn't make it any easier. The sea was wild. The wind was against them. And so this entire thing must have just felt like going uh, against the current the whole time. And sometimes that is what life and leadership is like. Sometimes that is what it feels like. Sometimes life and leadership isn't just one big encouragement. How many of you know that sometimes the only person encouraging you is you? That's the nature of what it is. And in those times, how difficult is it? How how easy is it to say it is too difficult? I just want to throw in the towel. It's too hard. Everything's against me. The pressure is too much. In a storm, how easy is it to say the pressure is too much and the question to ask yourself this morning is in that moment in that moment of pressure all around you what comes out of you and maybe you'd be surprised at what comes out of you I wonder what is it that you saw in yourself and what is it that you saw in the leaders around you when we all had to face and charter the unknown territory of COVID-19 what came out of you in COVID-19? Because let's be honest, that was uncharted pressure that none of us had ever dealt with before. What came out of those in leadership around you, in your workplace, in your school? What came out of people when the pressure of COVID-19 hit us? You see, in any sphere of leadership, pressure is guaranteed. It's, it, it is gonna happen. But it's in those moments of difficulty, it's in the moments of crisis, uh, it's in the eye of the storm, where the true heart of the leader is revealed. Your true heart as a leader will be revealed in these moments. I would say that broadly speaking, uh, in storms, in moments of pressure on us, there's two broad categories uh, that may come out of us. Uh, I think on the one hand, one of the broad categories that could come out of you in a time of pressure is that of fear. Fear is, listen, fear is natural. And it's, it's definitely something that could come out in a moment of pressure. Or the opposite of that is faith. Faith could come out of you as well. Th- th- those are the two sort of big categories that could, could come out of us. And I wonder how many of us, if we were truthful and honest, we could, could put up a hand and say that actually the natural response for me when I'm in a storm, when I feel under pressure, when I'm in a difficult situation, is Fear. I think that it's natural. I think that that is is normal. I think that all 276 people on board the ship, when that storm hit, I can tell you they were scared. This wasn't a little storm. It was a wild, massive storm that hits. And so God understands that fear is a natural response. Fear is a natural response to the storms of life. But God always calls us out of fear and into faith. Amen? God will always call you out of fear and into faith. Paul himself encourages us in Romans chapter 15 verse 13 when he said, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. When we live out our lives in the power of the Holy Spirit, when we live out our leadership in the power of the Holy Spirit, What can we expect to come out of us when pressure is applied to us? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, humility, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit. If you live in your life and your leadership, in the power of the Holy Spirit, in the storm, what is going to come out of you is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I actually love it in Galatians when it lists the fruit of the Spirit. The last sentence says, against such thing there is no law. It's saying, by the way, there's no law against kindness. (laughs) Some of us need to hear that this morning. By the way, there's no law against love. There's no law against peace. The fruit of the Spirit. And so even directly in the face of terrifying fear for Paul and for us in the midst of terrifying fear, if you're in the storm right now, we can take heart from Paul that he kept his faith. And it is possible for us to, in the face of our storm, to keep our faith, to walk in the strength and in the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's the first thing. Storm show us what's inside. The second thing is that storms teach us. Number two, storms teach us. Storms teach us to hear the right voice, all right? To hear the right voice. In in, in verse nine, Paul speaks up, okay? So now it's in the midst of the chaos. It's in the midst of the storm, and Paul speaks up. And he says, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. Whose voice do you think Paul was hearing in that moment? He was hearing God's voice. See, there were 276 people on board. It must have been absolute chaos. Things must have been chaotic everywhere around this moment. The noise must have been enormous. And I wonder how many of you can identify in your own life and in your own leadership that noise comes with leadership. Noise around us comes with leadership. And the, th- the thing about it uh, is, where am I now? Uh, The noise comes with leadership. the, the, The noise can be overwhelming. The noise can be confusing. But Paul shows us three important things within the noise on this boat. That it is possible to hear God's voice in a storm. It's possible to know God's voice in a storm. And then most importantly, it's possible to have the confidence to act on what God is saying in the middle of a storm. I think that in leadership there are always a multitude of voices that that are gonna want your attention. There's always a multitude of voices. There are many well-meaning, well-intentioned people who want to give you advice, who want to give you input, and often it's just noise. Because there's gonna be wrong voices in there as well. Yes, there's gonna be some right voices, but there's some wrong voices in there. We picked up on three wrong voices just in, in this story. First of all, there was the wrong voices of the experts on the boat. There was the captain of the boat. There was the owner of the boat. These were the experts of the boat. That was a wrong voice to listen to in this moment. Another wrong voice to listen to in this moment was the majority. How dangerous can the majority be sometimes? Listen, if you listen to the majority instead of listening to God's voice, you've made a mistake. The majority, and the third one, which I thought was so interesting, is the natural supposing. I don't know if you picked up in there, the natural supposing. Sometimes the natural supposing is the stories that we tell ourselves that aren't true. That is not what God is telling us. These are wrong voices, and in life and in leadership, there's always this multitude of noise, of voices, even well-meaning, well-intentioned, coming around us. And so the question, I suppose, is how do you separate that? How do you separate the voice that you're looking for, God's voice, from the noise? Whose voice do you base your decisions on in times of storms. You see, any advice, any advice, even when it's given from well-meaning, well-intentioned people who love you, but any advice that is contradictory to the Word of God is a bad decision. That's a really easy one to jot down this morning. Any voice that is contradictory to the Word of God is going to result in a bad decision. God will never say something in the spirit which contradicts that which he has already said in his word. God will never say something in the Spirit that contradicts what he's already said in his word. And so what's one of the best ways of hearing God's voice today? The word, the Bible, it's the best way to hear God's voice. It's already there. And, and Paul heard God's voice in this moment. He knew God's voice in this moment. And he has the confidence to take the leadership initiative to tell those on board with him what he perceived God was saying. So there was a captain on board, yes, but Paul had access to the captain of the universe whose voice commands the winds and the waves, but the captain of the ship didn't want to listen to God's voice. When this perceived human wisdom Overrode God's voice, the ship was taken straight into the eye of the storm, and it ultimately ended up in shipwreck. Getting confused with the wrong voices, getting caught up in the noise, and forgetting that the only voice that you need to be finding is God's voice. I think that one of the most costly mistakes that you and I are ever able to make in life, one of the most costly mistakes you and I are able to make in our leadership, is getting stuck in the noise and listening to the wrong voices. And to get that right, what is it going to take? It's going to take wisdom. It's going to have to take wisdom. As we grow in our relationship with God, one of the things that we're always encouraged to ask for is wisdom. Amen? You can never get enough of it, but God actually says, if you ask for wisdom, I will give you wisdom. If we're going to be able to discern God's voice in the storm, if we're going to be able to tune out the noise in the storm, we're going to need God's wisdom in the situation. Amen? And so as leaders, this, good, this wisdom, it's good judgment, it's vital. It's a vital tool for you and I to have. Relying on the wisdom that we know that God has already provided for us is one of the ways of trusting that God is speaking to us. If you can rely that you have received wisdom from God, it's one of the ways that you've shown that you can trust, that you can hear God's voice. And and so it's the spiritual discernment in a situation. A supernatural, spiritual, it's a discernment. You know that that's not your voice. That's God's voice. You hear in Him. And as leaders, we need to learn how to hear that and how to trust that. Jesus says that my sheep know my voice. And so a storm is going to teach us how to tune out the noise and how to find the voice that we need to hear in the storm. Amen. The last one that we're going to look at, the third lesson from Paul, is that storms move us, all right? Storms move us to a new place. The truth of the matter is that storms move ships. A, a, A ship can't stay stationary in a storm a ship even when anchored can't stay stationary in the type of storm that we're reading about over here. And when you and I are faced with a storm in a similar way, we can't stand still. We're going to be moved. We can't be stationary. A storm is going to move us to a new place. But the question is, where is it going to move us to? Is it going to move us forward? Is it going to move us backwards? We see that this storm took Paul to a new place, literally and figuratively. You see, Paul went from being one thing to another in this moment. He, he got onto that ship as a prisoner, and he became a leader. The storm took him from a prisoner to a leader. In, in this chapter, he's a prisoner. He's in no leadership position. But when he's faced with a crisis of a sinking ship, a literal storm, what does Paul do? He chooses faith over fear. He hears and he acts on God's voice, and his leadership heart shines through, and we see him move from being a prisoner to being a leader. Storms will move us towards something. And as a prisoner on board this ship, he's officially powerless. He, he had no power, but what do we see Paul doing is he uses his influence. Can you, can you imagine spaces, places, relationships? Influence. Paul uses his influence that he's been given to take leadership within this situation. And we'll see how that plays out next week even further. And so what we've seen over here is that this storm actually moved Paul closer towards the purpose that God had for him. And that's what can happen for every single one of us. Uh, In Acts 23 verse 11, we see Paul's purpose because God says to Paul, Take courage, for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify also in Rome. You must This is a divine uh, ordination. God is telling Paul that his witness in Rome was part of God's purpose for Paul. Uh, It was part of God's plan for him. There there is nothing that's going to stop this purpose from being fulfilled within Paul's life. And in the exact same way, I want you to know again this morning that there is nothing that can stop the plan and the purpose that God has for your life. There is no prison and there is no storm and there is no difficult situation. That can stop the plans and purposes that God has for your life from being fulfilled. Amen? Nothing will stop it. Even the most severe storm that you face, even the most insurmountable pressure, even the most impossible difficulties that we face are moments that God can use to move us forward towards His purposes that He has for our life. I was reminded of David, and I thought, you know, imagine this shepherd boy facing this absolute giant, the storm of Goliath. But God used that. He used the pressure in that moment to move David towards his purpose of being king. And that is what he can do for you, and that is what he can do for me. He will use the storms in our lives to move us closer to the purpose that he has for our lives. Amen. As the band joins me on stage, uh, I'm gonna wrap up and I'm gonna start looking at some questions that I think we should ask ourselves uh, in, in this moment. A question worth asking. In leadership and in life, when you're up against a storm, when pressure is coming at you from all angles, when the situation that you're facing seems too difficult, a question that you should ask yourself, is that if God is for you, who can be against you? Amen? If God is for you, who can be against you? If we believe that we are precious children of the creator of the universe, if we are children of the one who holds the whole world in his hands, if we're children of the one whose voice commands the winds and the storms and the waves in our lives, then we can hold on to the absolute confidence that there is nothing that is formed against us that will prosper. That God is always for us, and that while storms are inevitable, storms cannot destroy us. That God is with us not only in every storm, but God is with us through every storm. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand up with me this morning because we're going to go back into a song right now. And I think we're going to sing this song with even more boldness in our hearts than we did earlier, half an hour ago. That as we view these storms, as we we make our way through the storms of life, we need to be reminded that our God is for us, amen? That our God is greater than the storm, amen? That our God is stronger than any difficult circumstance that we might find. That our God is higher than any other. I want us to be reminded this morning that our God is healer, amen, and that our God is awesome in power. That is our God. That is our God. And so Jesus, we come to you this morning, we come before you, and we just want to say that we put all of our trust and all of our confidence in one person and one person alone, and that is you, Jesus Christ. We thank you that you are the voice that commands the storms, that commands the winds. And you have such a deep love for us that you say not only will you get through the storm, I will take you through the storm and I will move you closer to the purpose that I have for your life through the storm. And so this morning with all that we are, Jesus, we're gonna raise up another hallelujah. We're gonna declare once again that you, God, are greater than our storms, that you, God, are stronger than our storms, that you, our God, are higher than anything else that we might face for some of you this morning, you need to declare that God is your healer again this morning. Maybe the storm that you're facing this morning is sickness. Maybe the storm that you're facing is bad health. Well, I want to say that God is your healer this morning, that He is greater than that, that He is awesome in power. That is our God that we serve. And so won't you accept the praise, worship, and adoration of us this morning in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let's worship.